Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Marjorie Lewis, Shannon Howell, Natalie Daniel, and Jess Laurie, and of course, all of our Patreon supporters, and you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Okay, right off the bat, Ashley, I have to say, like, holy cow, what you did at Badwater. Like, Mega super awesome congratulations on Badwater because 21 hours, 44 minutes, 35 seconds, the second fastest time, period. Incredible. Thank you. It still feels like a dream. I still am like, wait, did this really happen? Or is it because that was way out of like what I thought I was going to go out there and do so I still am on cloud nine and just blown away that um that actually was reality um I have to admit that I had a brain fart for a moment and I, <laughs> I was following along with bad water because I've, I've had Harvey Lewis on a couple times I love Harvey he's the nicest dude on planet earth I wanted to see how Harvey was doing and then you kept popping up and I'm like oh my god and then <laughs> your win was monumental for so many reasons and, and just such a huge win. But for whatever reason, in my head, I thought, and I know the distance of bad water. I mean, I've been doing ultra podcasting for years, right? I know the distance of, of bad water. But for whatever reason, I had 100 miles in my head. And I was like, 100 miles through the desert? Like, yeah. all that heat in 21 hours and 44 minutes and 35 seconds. I was like, that's just incredible. And then I was scrolling, I saw Badwater 135. I'm like, oh, of course, I'm an idiot. It's 135 miles, even <laughs> more. Miles away from me. <laughs> even more impressive. We'll talk about that incredible accomplishment in just moments. But I, I kind of want to give you an opportunity to to tell your story because you just didn't just decide to to run bad water last year and just come out of nowhere you have an incredible fitness and running journey that i think we have to tell first before we get into the the excitement 
and the spoils of this incredible Badwater performance. So, Ashley, kind of take us way, 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 way back to Ashley okay, and the fitness back. journey. So take us way back, back and give us that. when I was six years old. <laughs> no, no, but for real, it did start when I was a little girl, my love for, for running. I would see my dad go out, no matter what the weather. He'd go and do his little five miles, you know, to my dad. Running was the cure for everything. Mm-hmm. You had a heartache, you go for a run. You've got acne as a teenager, you go for a run. Anything was solved through running through my dad. And that just obviously planted a seed in me watching him run marathons and and all that stuff. So running was always just part of my lifestyle. It wasn't like um, a chore. It wasn't, I don't know, it was just what we did. I was homeschooled, so that was like our PE. We'd go for a run or we'd do sweat into the oldies, one or the other, you know? (laughs) Great combination, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, are so you? Hang on. Me to run. Hang on, Ashley. Are you telling me that all this started from a Richard Simmons video? You know what? <laughs> you know what? He did inspire me so much as a kid because that's why I teach fitness classes is because of him. I so, and that all goes along with my fitness. So is my dad and Richard Simmons. I mean, come on. <laughs> what a great combination. I mean, you can't get enough of those shorty shows. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. It seems like in the sport, men's shorts keep getting shorter to Simmons level, and women's shorts start starting to get longer. It's like we're going in the other direction. I, I don't know that I can. I I am all on board for the short shorts for the men, but I'm st- staying in my short shorts. <laughs> I'm not going longer. I've got short legs anyway. You put on longer shorts, and yeah. But I know I'm seeing that trend as well, Ryan, and it's it's confusing me on the. But yeah, to each their own. If it's going to make you run happy, you go it. Have exactly. at it. Exactly. So Richard Simmons <laughs> and your dad create this base of fitness for you. And it sounds like even at a young age, fitness was presented to you in a fun way. Yes. Not as a punishment, not as a thing you had to do to make up for diet or whatever. This was a presented to you as a fun thing to do that you just do every day. For the most part, there was definitely times as a teenager that it was for, you know, I needed to be skinny there. I went through that definite phase of that. But as a kid, that's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, through my teenage years, it swayed and then back into this is just it's a part of my lifestyle. Um, but I think, you know, what a lot of teenagers go through a period like that uh, or people it doesn't right. matter if you're teenagers or not. Like, let's be real. Sometimes in my 30s, I'm like, I need to just go for a long run and burn <laughs> off that cake. You know, I try to not think that way. But sometimes I find found that in, in my head, you know, so I was blessed to have it in my life, though. So I didn't feel like when people don't go and move their body, I'm like, it's like them saying they don't brush their teeth. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, it's just not something we all do because <laughs> both my parents were very active. Um, and so I was I'm really grateful for that example that I had as a kid. And it um, built into my first marathon at 18 years old, um, did that and I fell in love with it. And at the time I was engaged shortly after I got married and um, got pregnant pretty much right away. Once I gave birth to my twins, those were my first mm-hmm. Insta family. Yeah. I started keeping fitness classes because I'm my husband's going to school full time. I there's no way for me to get out unless I go at five AM and I'm like, I might as well teach 
these classes and get a free gym membership. <laughs> it was a big deal, okay? It was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so teaching all these classes, like I take on any class I could just to help, you know, like I said, he's in full, full term or um, he's in school full term. Yeah. And um, what is this called? Full time. Full term. There we go. My brain. I'm like, I keep saying term and I'm like, this is not right. This is not right. Anyway, so I would take on all these classes. Some days I'm teaching five, six classes and that's just like building on my fitness and not trying to go towards anything, but it's building up my body machine. My body is so used to like, okay, we got to repair because tomorrow she's going to go do it again. And she's going to give that class just as much energy as she gave that last class. And, and so for me, it, it created this amazing base. So when I did start actually diving deeper into the endurance world, the, um, the, the Ironman distance, they trying to bring down my marathon time, my body it just knew what to like it's like okay she's gonna work hard and we're gonna and it, so it was able to have such a strong base to get me through so many of these beginning endurance races so i'm really grateful for richard simmons well and because that's where i started teaching oh yeah it all starts with richard simmons but it's so <laughs> Red, yeah. yeah i love that you bring up the fact that you ran your first marathon when you were 18 because you are presented in the media to the sport of trail and ultra runners as a fitness instructor and a triathlete. That's how yeah. you are you are presented. And it, it almost makes it sound like, eh, running. I'll try this running thing, but I like I like swimming, bicycling, and telling people to do jumping jacks. This is just something I kind of am going to give it a try. You were a runner from day one. Yes. Yes. I was, um, but with all that running, and I was just like teaching like all this high impact and then running, more high impact and then running, I found myself injured. Mm-hmm. Weird, right? I yeah. mean, <laughs> so in the early 2000s, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, foot injury, oh, okay, another foot injury, this knee, blah, blah, blah. So that's when I started like, being like, all right, let's see what triathlon is all about. I was completely injured, so I needed to get into the pool and I was teaching cycling classes, so I'm basically a cyclist, right? <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess so, right? Triathlon. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was out there on my mountain bike, you know? And I had no idea that there was a difference between road bikes and, and mountain bikes. <laughs> wait, 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 so, wait, 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 wait. Stop. You did your first triathlon on a mountain bike? I didn't understand why everyone was passing me so fast. <laughs> a bike's a bike's a bike. <laughs> Right? That's what I thought. I mean, I knew there was a little. I mean, I knew that. I didn't think it was that big of a difference. I was getting flown by. Everybody just zoom, 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 zoom. And I'm like, what the heck? I thought I was in shape. Oh, it humbled this girl. And then then we got to the run and I was great. (laughs) I'm just just picturing you, Ashley. The ball of energy that you are. You sign up for this triathlon, right? And you're like, ah, I run all the time. Fitness instructor, teaching cycling classes. I got Ooh. my I got my my Huffy mountain bike that I got from Walmart. It's got ten speeds on it. How did you know I had a Huffy? <laughs> I just was <laughs> And you show up and you're like, well, their handlebars are a lot different and their tires are a lot skinnier, but that won't make a difference. And then to be welcome to the reality of 
people with $10,000 bikes that weigh three ounces burying yeah. you. It, it, um, I was, I was left in the dust. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, but I fell in love with it anyway. I wasn't, I didn't podium or anything. I don't even, I have no idea how I did on that race. Actually, I, I just know it was just like, I had so much fun and I was like, okay, a sprint was not long enough. I need a little bit longer, you know? So I dove into, I did, uh, went right into a half Ironman after that and, uh, loved it, hated it. And uh, before I knew it, a few months later, my, my actually it was at the half Ironman. My dad asked me, my the same, the same guy that got me into running, you know, it's like, Ash, it's like, I think you could get to Kona. You should do a full Ironman. Do you think you'll ever do a full Ironman? And I laughed at him. I was like, no, no, this is crazy as it is, dad. And guess who signed me up for my first Ironman a few months later? Yeah, my dad. I was my thinking dad, either I, that or I, Richard I, Simmons. I was going to guess your dad or Richard I, Simmons. <laughs> That's good. I, do, do you have any connections with Richard Simmons? I don't you know, know if he's. <laughs> I don't know if he's still alive. <laughs> he is. He is. He? Okay. Good. Good. He is. I mean, still sweating away. Um, but yeah. So my dad's like, "Guess what? You know, you're doing this for your Ironman, and it's like two months away." And I was like, yeah. "Dad, you have to train for this stuff." Like. But I was ecstatic too. So I was really excited. My first Ironman was so much fun. It was horrible. I mean, I was puking my guts out. I felt awful, but I loved it so much. It was just that perfect distance of doing all of the things for a perfect amount of time and then be able to switch it up and, and break it up mentally, even though I'm like in the gutter puking and, and stuff. Um, so I'm so grateful my dad just kind of threw me in. Um, to that sport. So that's how I got into triathlon. So did, <laughs> because I was injured from running. You moved out of the Huffy, though. The Huffy only made it that sprint, right? You got an, oh, another no, bike. Oh, no, my Ironman in that. <laughs> actually, my, my dad, he, he did. He actually sponsored my very first bike as well. Uh, got me a... a, a, a Light, slightly lighter bike. So, <laughs> wasn't a was, wasn't a seventy pound bike. It was quite a bit lighter. Than, than anything would have been lighter than that thing. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It was so bad. But you would it see some awesome. success in in triathlons because you were able to do it professionally for a while. Yeah, yeah. I actually still have my pro card. Um, I haven't done any. My last full distance was last December. Um, so yeah, I got my pro card in 2015. So about five years after my dad signed me up for my first one, um, because I just fell in love. I just absolutely fell in love and decided to, because I just loved how the, the cross training, I was still able to get all that running in, mm -hmm. but I was able to get such good fitness off my bike and swimming and just build up my body machine for like, that my endurance without all of the impact. And I have not been injured since I started triathlon in 2008 for my first sprint uh, from overuse. I've been injured because I've wrecked or, right. you know, through my ankle because I'm clumsy, but not from overuse. And so I'm like, I swear by triathlon training, even if I don't do another try again in my life, which I will. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Um, I will still continue to ride my bike and swim, get in the pool to keep that balance on my body because it works so well for me. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, 
like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, it's so interesting, Ashley, because I've interviewed hundreds of runners and some of the most successful runners talk about cross-training and talk about just the benefit of weights. But so often, this is a this is a runner's podcast. This is an ultra running podcast. So often, we know that Ashley, you can scream that from the from the rooftops. But for whatever reason, us runners just like to run. Mm-hmm. How how do you suggest transitioning, having those people that run 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 because they're afraid if they don't do seventy or eighty miles a week, they won't be able to run a uh, hundred miles to look at their training as a a bigger picture like running is is the is the method that you 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 enjoy for racing but training should involve these other things that benefit that motion definitely and this is it's really hard like you said like i know so many amazing athletes that are constantly sidelined because they are stuck on that number. I need X amount of miles per week. I let the miles per week go a long time ago and it wasn't easy. It, it was a, a process to let that go, but I don't look at how many miles I run. I could, if somebody asks, I can go look it up, but I look at the time that I go and my efforts that I'm putting in. Never am I like, I have to get in 110 miles this week. I, I just, I don't think about it that way. I want X amount of hours for running with X amount, like, you know, that 20 percent of that being my higher intensity and then 80 percent being lower whether it's hills whether because if I'm doing vert that's going to be a lot more like slower miles so I'm going to be out there a lot longer so I let all of that go so many years ago and for a runner that's really hard if I'm on a run and I get to 19.98 miles I don't need and I don't actually I don't go that extra 0.02 to get that 20. I know, I know. Because I, and it was funny, that's where I started. I was like, I just have to let that go. Because I'm on my time. I finished my my intervals and I'm good. My training is done. And stop your clock and be okay with it. And it blows people's mind. But that's how I was able to get it started by like pushing that aside. Being like, don't worry about those numbers. Worry about the intensity that you're giving it and the hours that you're giving it. And so... Um, for me, that was helpful, even though at first it drove me crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not on even miles. And so it drives my friends crazy because I don't need to keep running in circles, you know, I'm like, Around the we're done, guys. Line, right? Right. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. It's okay. Because we all have those friends that run in circles in the parking lot. I have a friend who's convinced that his watch, when it uploads to Strava, will deduct 0.2 miles and so he has to run 0.2 miles over, so it'll show up on Strava as an even yeah. mile. <laughs> it's very common, but it's just getting it out of your head. The bigger, like, what's the bigger picture? Is it that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're missing that little 0.02 or if I end at 21.15, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, I'm thinking about the bigger picture. This is my training. And this is all it's going to be. It's not going to be based on a distance that I'm doing. There could be certain verts, certain intensities, 
amazing. And so for the last few years that I've let that go, I find it so comical running with other people now that I'm like, well, I was totally that way. And um, it, it, that's okay. And like, it, let it go. Get out there and try a different race. Try a little triathlon mm. sprint. You might not be amazing at it, but who cares? Go have fun with something new and you might fall in love with it. And falling in love with that just little bit of like, oh, if you get that competitive side, maybe you'll start cycling a little bit more. Maybe you'll start running a little bit more and you're going to have fun with it. You know, find those people that are into that. Just being in one sport for me doesn't work. Maybe right. it works for everybody else or most other people, but I can almost guarantee, I'm not going to say I guarantee, but like you're going to be injured more. Mm -hmm. You're going to find yourself sidelined so much often, more often. You're not going to be able to do this as long. And for me, this is not about today, just today and right now. It's not for now. It's forever. And if I look at it that way, a forever type of relationship with fitness, with with running, I'm not going to be able to do it forever if that's all I do right now. But if I continue on the path that I am doing, keeping that cross training, staying injury free, listening to my body, being like, okay, if I feel a little tweak in my foot and I stop my run and go back home, call my husband, be like, I'm done. I guess I'm going to jump on my bike. I know it's going to help me a year from now, two years from now. So I'm not sidelined beating my head up against the wall because I can't do anything. And for me, I'm like, I have to be able to do something. So that's how I have to look at it. What do I want today? What do I want forever? And I want this forever. So wow. that's really helped me get out there and try different things. It's interesting because you're right. Like you want so much of it. And to think like this is something that you want to have forever. This is a lifelong mm -hmm. lifestyle that you want. And you don't want to burn this thing out. There's, there's so much if you do too much. There's so much risk of not wanting to do it anymore because you're burned out. Yeah, or, or not being able to. Imagine that. Right. Like not being able to. Oh, you're going to make me cry. I want yeah, to do it. Exactly. And I, I think it's good to point out that even if it's not professional triathlon, maybe if you just have, if you have a Huffy mountain bike, because I've always yeah, heard, yeah. and this, and you'd be the perfect person to ask, you'd be the expert on this. I think we can solve this once and for all. As a runner, I've always heard that running helps your cycling, but cycling does not help your running. That is something that is spoken in whispers uh, in back in back alleys in runners' uh, stores all over the world. Do you find that to be true? I find that it it helps strengthen my muscles in different ways. It helps keep me injury free. It helps build my cardio. It helps build my VO two that's going to transition into my running because my heart is better. If my heart is better, my legs are going to work better. Is it going to, you know, get me a, an OTQ if I'm just cycling, cycling? No, you got to put in the work as well for those times. But if it's making my body stronger and helping me stay injury free, how is it not helping me run? Right. It's like, you know, so. miles on the bike do not take away from miles in your shoes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been solved, folks. Next time you hear we're, that, we're say, done. listen, I, yeah. I listened to Ashley Paulson on the Adventure Jogger, and she said it's bogus, and so it is it now is bogus. officially I bogus. Just, yeah, I say you get out there and try it. Have you ever been on a road bike? Or I have. Bike? I, I love my road bike. I, I really do. I actually went out. I got, because I, for the longest time, I had the little cages where you could stick your running shoes in and I'm like, I'm not getting, 
yeah, I'm not getting biking shoes, right? But then I'm like, I need to get biking shoes because when you wear hokas that have so much cushion and you're pushing down on a butt, like it absorbs so much of that energy you're putting down into the pedal. You're like, I am, I'm really trying hard and I'm only going 13 miles an hour. This doesn't seem right. And then you put like designated cycling shoes in and you put the same amount of effort down. You're like, well, that's 21 miles an hour. That's quite a Weird. bit difference, right? There's no, right. There's no absorption going on right now. And I even got arrow bars. I love the, I got the arrow bars for my, my road bike. It's got like a giant, it's nothing fancy, but I love that yeah. position to be in. I, I like that arrow position. Ooh. Oh, so. I, I think you need to give a triathlon a shot. I don't make nearly enough money. Maybe if, maybe if I can, here's the thing. If I can get like some more Spotify money, maybe, you know, if I can get that iFit, you know, if I can get that iFit trainer, if I don't know if iFit's looking for doughy middle-aged men to teach some classes. Why not? Why not? We, everything. Everything. Which, by and the way, how did you get mixed up in iFit? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so they called me in, oh, my gosh, was it 2017, I think, or 2018? Oh, I might even make some. One of That's those okay. years. It's okay. It's I was out on vacation with my husband, and I get this call and I never answer calls that I don't know but since my kids were home alone not alone but like home I was like I'm gonna answer this call just in case get on this call and they tell me who they are and I had heard of iFit but I didn't know exactly what they did um and it was five of the big wigs, the CEO, the CFO, but they, so, and I'm like, okay. And they, they told me this job they wanted to give me. And I laughed, I laughed out loud. In fact, I thought it was a prank phone call. I almost hung up on them. I laughed and I was like, ha 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 ha, whatever. You know, didn't snort. I snorted. <laughs> you snorted the CEO I it of was iFit. my kids in high school playing a prank phone call on me. Cause I mean, they wanted to send me to Switzerland to ride my bike in the Swiss Alps. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. A girl can dream, but that's not happening. And so they had to convince me. They're like, no, don't hang up. Don't hang up. We really want you to go out to Switzerland in two weeks for two weeks. And and I was just like, what? What? So they had found me on Instagram. They knew I taught fitness classes. They knew I'd been teaching or been racing professionally for a little bit. And I was just ecstatic. Like when I figured out it was real, I was humiliated because I started. (laughs) But I was like... I'm like tapping my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, they want me to go to Switzerland. You know, trying to whisper it, like cover it up. And he's like, who, what? I'm like, they're going to send me to Switzerland. Oh, my bike. And he, anyway, it was, he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. My wife is on crack because yeah. So yeah, that's how that happened. It was, and two weeks later I was in Switzerland riding my bike in the Swiss Alps with a film crew telling everyone that I was a ride fit trainer. And it's been a dream job ever since. That's incredible because if people don't know what iFit is, it's like a virtual trainer that comes in treadmills and certain uh, like exercise bikes where people can exercise with you. It's not Peloton, but it's similar in the fact that you can give them a like a they can work out with you on the bike yeah. or on the treadmill. Definitely. I I mean I love my tel- Peloton people, but the difference is. Um, is we're taking you to locations. Right. So say like Mount Fuji. I went to Mount Fuji and 
as I'm climbing up Mount Fuji, their treadmills will automatically adjust to whatever grade I'm climbing, whatever pace I'm guiding it. So I'll be like, okay, your incline's about to go up. You don't have to touch a thing. Well, you might have to hold on for dear life when we're climbing up some parts of Mount Fuji. But so it's really nice because they can they can just kind of go and they feel like they're at that location is the goal anyway. Um, so they're getting an experience, not just a workout. And, you know, so it's it's really, really quite phenomenal how they've come up with that technology. Do you when you're doing these things, when you're filming these videos and you're riding your bike up, you know, mountain or you're doing some running and whatever, do you ever in the back of your head think that there are millions of people with you, but they're not with you at the time you're doing it, but at some point that thing that you're doing will accompany millions of people through their workout? I, I guess I haven't during the workout. I thought about that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild, right? Like this. So, like you have these friends. You have these these people accompanying accompanying you in different spaces in different times, it. right? It's it's got to be like crazy because when you teach a class where there's people in front of you, you can feel the energy. You get to know the people. You get to experience that workout together. But when you're doing iFit and you're you're training people virtually you are changing people's lives that you will never meet like millions of people that will just join you on this adventure that you'll never meet and they're in their house and they're like that's that's a massive weight to carry and i hope i didn't just ruin it for you <laughs> no you didn't i mean no it's to me that it gave me butterflies like because that's our goal is to be able to change lives that's our goal is to be able to bring the excitement um just a little bit of the excitement i have for fitness into other people's homes because if they can get just a little bit of that i think they're going to keep moving um a little bit every day and so when i'm out there and and i'm alone besides the camera crew <clears throat> i'm talking to the camera nobody's talking back because they have to be quiet and i have to laugh at my own jokes you know <laughs> it's there are times that you know i've messed up and i'm like oh man nobody's ever going to see it you know i just have to think about it that way sometimes when i mess up but yeah it's it's quite incredible and um it's really a dream to be able to share my passion with gosh i hope millions of people and i hope to continue to do that forever such a cool thing so you're changing lives and you'll never meet them but you just know that there's somebody <laughs> out there that's like you know i'm going to you know, i need my ashley time today yeah, and they'll log yeah in. it's really fun when, yeah. I, when i do meet some of them it's it's been really fun their stories and they're like i know everything about you but you know that is that creepy i'm like <laughs> if i put it out there it's not creepy because i'm clearly there's just putting it out there right this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by Wyndham. their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead and after you can unwind using their free high-speed wi-fi tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book your stay today at lq.com where what is bad water come into your radar was it did you want to take a break from doing triathlon and kind of try something a little bit bigger than a marathon how did it first get on your radar 
Gosh, it first got on my radar about, had to have been over a decade ago. Um, I was living in, I'm still living in St. George, but um, we've moved quite a bit. Mm. But at the time I was living in St. George and I just love running in the heat. So I'd go out when it was like 110, 115 and get my run in and I'd be like, oh, best time of day to run. And I remember my sister being like, you know, there's a race that they actually do like 135 miles in this type of heat you should do it one day and I'm like oh that'd be cool one day and so I always told my sister because she's an ultra runner mm-hmm. um I I told her I'm like when I get into ultras bad water is going to be my first um that I wanted that to be my entry race but if you don't know bad water you have to actually have three 100 milers under your belt at the time when I looked it up I'm like okay just it's one okay great that was 10 years ago. Right. I can do that. And so can't be my first, but maybe it'll be my second. And then I went to three by the time I finally applied. And now it's actually four. Um, they just changed that this year to being, you need at least four to apply. Does not mean you'll get in, right. but you need four 100 milers to apply. And so I was thinking like maybe in my fifties, I'd go down that route. Um, Cause I, I wanted to give my professional triathlon um, career ago and and see how I can do in that. But in 2020, when that when the world shut down um, and races were shutting down, um, I was trained for I can't remember what Ironman it was, and they kept going back and forth if they were going to close it or if they're going to keep it open. So I'm still training like it's happening because you have to, right? Right, right. And uh, feeling great, feeling in really good shape. And then two weeks before they they are like it's canceled. We can't have you come out. And I was like, shoot, got all this fitness. Um, what do I do? And then about a few days later, randomly enough, I got an email from the Bear One Hundred, um, and they said they had openings if I wanted in, and it was ten days away. And I was like, okay, the furthest I've gone is fifty miles on a trail. I haven't been on a trail in three or four months. I've been on treadmills because I was teaching quite a bit. Yeah, and I'm like should I do this? I have nothing going on next weekend. I might as well try and see what it's like. Cause I knew one day I was going to do it and my fitness was there for, yeah. you know, my, my base. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting through trails are very different for sure. Um, but I, I decided to just take it on and go. And I was like, awesome. I felt really good. It ended up being bears like 22,000 feet again or 24. I can't remember yeah. one of those. It's a, it's a, a, a lot of climbing and I did fairly well. I ended up winning that race for the females. And so I was like, oh, okay, that was, that was great. It hurt like Hades, but you know, it was great. Just under four, 24 hours. And uh, um, so yeah, it was a different type of pain that I'd been in, but my fitness was definitely there. But I was like, oh my gosh, my trail fitness, my little ligaments were, I think no matter what they'd hurt, right? right they would have right. hurt no matter what, even if I trained. Um, so I ended up being like, okay, first 100. And that's when I still thought, um, bad water was one 100. So I was like, now I can apply for bad water. <laughs> yeah, this is 2020. And I was like, maybe next year, maybe next year. And, um, the next year I ended up jumping into a last minute, um, hundred miler again, it was about another 10 days out. It just happened to be a local, um, race or pretty close to where I lived. Um, the Antelope 100. And I was like, it'd be really fun. I had a lot of friends going out there to do it. And it started at 10 a.m. So I was still able to go to work that morning and teach all my fitness classes and get to the start line by 10 (laughs) a.m. And I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) 
And I was at iFit at the time, so they were doing my hair. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to go run with a buffalo. So you got to make my hair, like, all, like, um, you know, like, just amazing, like, braids and, you know. So they, they made my hair look really rad for that run. And Ashley, well, hang on. You're, 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 you're glancing. You're just glancing over the fact that you taught a fitness class the morning before you ran a 100 miler four of them. it was four that morning <laughs> you talk four like most people are in the hotel room with their feet up they're not moving they've just had a big pizza you know they're going to get plenty of rest and drink plenty of water and you're teaching four fitness classes before a 100 mile ultra marathon it was either that or not do it because i couldn't take the day off it was too late of notice and so it's like, okay, you go do it. You just do it. <laughs> right? You just do it. Right, why not? So, and my ad, really cool Amazon hair. Like, Amazon. How do you not go out and have fun with that hair? <laughs> how did it go? How did Antelope go with your fancy hair and your, and your well, I, morning of classes? Yeah, Viking, I guess it's Viking. Like that Viking hair. Um, it was great. Um, I, I ended up actually going blind in that one. Have you ever heard of that I, I, I have i've heard of it i've never it's never okay. happened to me but it's happened to a friend of mine okay i i had never heard of it because it was still really new to me i was out uh, my friend ben light was pacing me and this was um gosh he joined jumped in at like 60 miles in and like 80 comes in and i had been up since 2 a.m because i had my call time was three o'clock at ifit and then you know my start time was 10 for the 100 so you know i'd been up for quite a while and i just kept rubbing my eyes and i'm like gosh I don't want to complain. I try to not complain and try to make the most out of it because I'm just so grateful to be yeah. out there. But finally I said something to him. I'm like, I can't see out of my, my right eye and my left eye is like a tunnel and it looks like I'm underwater and they really burn. And he just is like, Oh, you're going blind. It's, it's normal. <laughs> I've, I've had Ben light on before and that oh, yeah. yeah, totally sounds like something he'd say. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like it was, and I was like, Oh, well, now I feel like a wuss because I don't feel like this is normal. <laughs> I don't feel like going blind and running is normal. <laughs> so the like probably the last ten miles, I'm holding onto his arm, like him, him just guiding me, and, um, and so I was I was ecstatic that I was still I actually got the course record on that one, and uh, was so somehow the blind way got me there. The last few miles is just like a gravel road, so I was able to actually run. Yeah. But blind, just kind of feeling where his arm was. But it was a really unique experience, really cool. Um, not, It was kind of cool to go blind now that I'm okay I, and to be able to run blind and have that experience and be like, wow. Because I see so many athletes go out there and these blind athletes and I'm so inspired by them. And to have a little sense of that, like you have to put so much trust in other people. And wow, my hat just went off to them big time because you know i was i had that experience for just a very short time so yes yeah, so it was great um blind and all so there's my two 100s um still not knowing Badwater was three a few months later i went and um i was just looking up Badwater and i'm like and i saw it was three and i'm like crap how in the world am i gonna get a third in this time before i need to apply and uh so of course did my research and then it, that the next week there was one in Utah and I'm like I have to do a Utah one I like I don't have I've got too much stuff to travel right now um, and so I asked my husband if we had plans and he's like no why I think he wishes he said yes 
he had big plans. I'm like, <laughs> so guess what? <laughs> so I went and did the Pony Express for my third um, 100, and uh, he crewed me on that one and um, was able to actually get the course record on that one as well. So that, that's a pretty flat course, um, but all of them were super last minute, but they were they were hard in their own ways and um, so grateful that I needed to be pushed into all three before applying for Badwater because it gave me so much, like a great perspective on, on different different elements that can happen in that long of a day. I had done um, a double um, Ironman distance. Yeah. So I knew what it was like staying up all night, but I hadn't had much experience with it until those hundreds. So I was grateful for that because it's, it's very unique. Um, your feelings and <laughs> where mm. your head goes and <laughs> where your feet fall and you know so i i understand why bad water has those before they even allow you to apply makes sense so, yeah, and, apply. and it, it helps cut down on people that maybe shouldn't you know th- th- make mm-hmm. it serious like listen we know a lot of people want to yeah. get in here's the sure. things we're gonna we're gonna require for you to get in um did Definitely. you get in uh, finishing those 300s did you get in on your first try i did yeah they were like, she's on iFit, and she wrote a she did a, a sprint triathlon twenty or ten years ago on a Huffy. She is what we need for Badwater. Bring her, bring her in, bring her in. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised he because I was like, there was none of his races. He likes it when it's his races. If you've done a, like at least one of his events, that he knows that it's hard because he he's and he's fair in what he says. He's like, not all one hundreds are created equal, and um two of the hundreds that I had done were pretty flat courses. And so I was like, I don't know if this, if if you'll even look at it. I, so when, when I found out that I was in, I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. You know, totally surprised. And, um, but super excited. The first year you do bad water was, was last year, right? That was your first year. This is two years total. Um, you do, and you do incredible. You, you, you rock the world. I mean, you you win for the women. Um, you're the Badwater 135 in your debut. But we have to talk about the fact that you put in all this time, you put in all this effort, and then all of a sudden you win this thing. And at some point, you have to turn on your phone or a friend messages you or something. And all of a sudden, you are being accused of cheating. That was not the reaction I'm sure you were hoping to get when you crossed the finish line, but here you are putting in the effort. You just ran 135 miles through the desert. You absolutely dominated. And the only thing people can say is, oh, she cheated. How did you find out about that? And how did you feel? Oh man, I, I remember exactly where I was when I found out about it. Um, because yeah, I wasn't. I expected some talk just because I'm sure you're aware of 2020 or 2015, the USADA um, allegation or the the USADA portion. Are you? Familiar yeah, with I'm that? From, I, I didn't okay. want to bring it up. I wouldn't. I didn't want to. Oh, you're fine. I'm, yeah. I'm an open book. I'm an open book. Um, yeah, I don't understand. I'm, as you can tell by my physique, I am not someone anyone would ever accuse of doping of any kind. 
So no, I mean, you know, it was it, it was in my system, but it was proven to be a contaminated substance. So they're like, you you have to do some time, but they didn't give me the four years like they would if it was intentional. So and so real real quick, because I, I, I don't want to glance over that, and I I didn't I didn't want to bring it up, but since you brought it up, let's just talk about it real quick. So yeah. there was a substance they found in in off season blood uh, blood testing. They mm-hmm. found something, a banned substance in your system. And what was that substance? The substance is called Osterin. And what is um, it? it? It's like, okay, I had to look at it myself. I'm like, well, it, it's like a, a BCAA, but it's a stronger version of one, I guess. Okay. That it just helps your muscles repair a little faster. And it, here's the thing with when people think of dopers or doping or whatever, and they hear these banned substances, they think of illegal substances like right. things like cocaine or something like you know that i have to go to the black market to get they're not thinking of what's banned in sports because austrian is actually used by so many people it's in so many products a lot of people have no idea right. that it is and so it, it's something that people need to be aware of whether you're tested or not because we're all signing as we race that same form of you know i i'm gonna follow these guidelines but in some sports like my sister does bodybuilding it's totally fine in bodybuilding it's totally fine in other sports and that's great it's it's not something you find on the black market you know and i gotta go be like okay you know where's you know where's my man i'm gonna go get what's in his, his straight jacket or that you know there's a van so, parked out back and you're like hey, i know i'm gonna, you go, get, juice. I'm gonna go get my drugs you got the juice yeah, it's, it's something that's very very easily accessed whether you're shopping at you know good earth or vitamin world or whatever it is these these things that are banned in sports are available some of them are available everywhere you go so you have to be cautious of um and conscious and what is on that list which is crazy long so i like to just go off of the that um label on sports that say it's it's um sports informed right and so that it's approved by sport um because then you know it's been tested multiple times because most products don't need to be tested they could just be thrown out there and slap a label on it and it's good and that's what people don't understand and i didn't understand that either and so when i get this email saying that i'm suspended for four years i'm like what you know and then then, you know i was able to figure out what it was in and that it was a cross-contamination it wasn't on my label so even though i hadn't heard of that particular thing before um it wasn't on the label anyway so you saw it as like you know they cleared cleared it up be like you know what it still was in your system so they have to give you six months but that's their minimum instead of the four years and so people will just take it that far and they'll see ashley was banned from for doping and they don't go any further um supplements can't get tainted supplement like there's no such thing as cross-contamination there's no way she didn't know which there everyone likes it's not as exciting if you go into details you well, want that that fun story right it's fun yeah. to say oh we're so and we're a headline society ashley yes. i mean how yes. many times oh, you go on facebook anytime someone posts something on facebook you know that 99 percent of the comments are people that read the headline and that's it I'm and, I'm, and i'm sorry don't blame the journalists they cannot fit the whole story in the headline it's called a headline for a reason it's something that's supposed to grab your attention so you read the article so, so people so yeah. it, but it, most people don't and so it's don't. like automatic She's a doper. And and so, yeah, it's been hard to um, get that out there. And I feel 
in ways it's made me a lot stronger. I mean, that's as cheesy as that sounds, but like I've learned about the supplement world now and I'm so glad I, I know what I know now about what is in other products that right. I don't ever want to touch. And it's, it's just kind of helped me like people that don't like you, you don't need to feed off of that energy because you've got this whole room full of people that love you. And the reason we show up for a race is it's not about the the glory the the people it's it's about what we love to do and so people are like she should never be able to race again if i did never race again then they're like in their they're like yeah yeah we won well oh, no you're not gonna win i'm gonna show up again because like i love it i'm gonna keep doing what i love and i wasn't there was nothing intentional about it so well, i think people love to, stronger as an athlete they love to tear people down and so we love to point out people's mistakes. And and what my grandma used to say, people will walk, you know, 10 miles in the snow to tell you you're wrong, but they won't walk across the street to tell you you're right. Uh, exactly. You know, no, it, for real. It's true. You love to see people be torn down. And so in the world we live in, everything is very sensationalized. And and so there were some issues with the data on your watch, um, which people are like, oh, oh, shit, there's no way she could have ran that fast. Um, even though your splits were were very good through the through the entire race, you needed to charge your watch because you ran out of because let's be honest, Ashley, you were running in some Garmin that triathletes use. You were not running in an ultra watch. I was in a uh, Garmin Solar, so I thought maybe it'd last a little bit longer. But the Solar, if you've ever used it, does not, especially if you've got your heart rate on and and the cadence, all that stuff. Yeah, so I did need to charge my watch like a, like a hundred and some odd miles in right. for about twenty minutes. Gave me just enough juice. Right. Um, so yeah, there was that two miles missing. Right. On the flattest part of the course, it still totally lined up with how I would have ran those other miles, like everything, but they fed off of those two miles, which I get it. If I had driven those two miles, yes, it would give me an advantage or taken a nap or whatever. But um, yeah, I had to charge my watch. I didn't know, because then it would have died and well, I'm going up Whitney Portal and then, oh my gosh, the drama in that one. You couldn't win. (laughs) You couldn't win at that point. No, no. After... After a couple of days and the, the the yelling and the screaming and the keyboard warriors started to put their swords away, it was found you were investigated. Um, mm-hmm. There's a guy whose whole website's dedicated to finding people who cheat marathons. Yeah. And he even said like, okay, this looks all legit, all good to go. After you breathed a sigh of relief, did you rush on Amazon to find a watch that can last longer than 24 hours? <laughs> no, I didn't because I was just like, well, I didn't know the next time I was going to be doing a long one, but uh, yeah, I mean, that one says it should last 24 hours. That's what I read well, anyway. So it seems to have some issues. Um, well, what are you running in now, by the way? For this last one, I actually ran in the Wahoo watch. Okay. So the- it's, it's not quite as fancy, but it's guaranteed GPS for 24 hours. And that's where I was like, you know. I just give me, and that was my goal. I'm like, but what if it's longer Then I'm still going to have to charge it, you know? And so I don't know what people run in for these long ones if they're just not having their regular data and stuff. And honestly, I was to the point this year that I'm like, 
if people still need to see my data again, they're not going to believe me even if they follow me the right. whole way. They're going to drug test me themselves and they're still going to look at those results and be like, well, she weaned herself off of it. They're going to follow me the whole course. Be like, well, she's st- well, she must, there's something, you know, I had a doppelganger last year, apparently, you know, there were so many fun stories of last year. That <laughs> your, your sister, like, oh, right. Her sister I ran part good. of it for her, right? Her sister looks like her and ran part of it for her, which was all bogus. Oh. I, I was thinking about this, Ashley, and, and tell me if I'm onto something or if I'm or if I'm going down a road that maybe we we shouldn't go down. But I was thinking about like why, like why did why why have you been almost treated like an outsider in the sport, and why have you been viewed with suspicion, and why have people questioned what you've done? And I gave that a lot of thought because I once once you once you agreed to come on this tertiary running podcast, I'm like I got to I got to get some research in and I got to think of how I going to present this interview. I think, Ashley, you are presented in a way in the media that is not 100% accurate. And again, it kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier about the headlines and the sensationalism. You are presented as a triathlete and an iFit trainer, almost like a fitness celebrity. And what I think that does a disservice to you is it doesn't take into account the fact that you have been running since you were six years old, that you ran a marathon when you were 18, that running has been a huge part of your life since you were a child, and that the ultra marathon community values authenticity and values people that are on the inside. We're very much a niche group inside of a group. We view ourselves as a little bit different than roadies, and we are suspicious of outsiders. And you have wrongfully been presented as an outsider for years for the sake of sensationalism, because it's easier to say I fit trainer and professional triathlete than it is to say a woman who's been running her whole life. Do you think that might have something to do with it? I I don't know. I mean, that's I love the way you put it, though. I have never really thought about it in those words. I have often wondered why like i would welcome somebody i'm gonna i'm like getting emotional about it i would welcome somebody with open arms to like come try triathlon right why wouldn't you try something new to see what you're capable of see if you fall in love with something else we can do both we can all be friends like and it blows my mind that it it, some people don't want it that way and they're like they're you know these comments stay in the studio stay in triathlon and i'm like why why i would if you wanted to come out like yeah let's go out for a swim you will love it it's going to be so good on your body so i i really the way you put it was that's that's great like um they don't see it that way and um but even if i was just a professional triathlete and an ifit trainer i still feel like it should be welcoming for people to try and get out there and explore the, these beautiful mountains, this beautiful world that, you know, it's, it's always been a part of what I do, but it's never been a racing part. I've always been on trails for training and just cause people don't see it, they don't know, but it's always been a part of my life. Um, and I feel like the variety has still kept my passion right. for sport. If I stuck with one thing, just running or just trails or just road, I wouldn't be as excited about it. 
Like, I'm excited to go out tomorrow because tomorrow I get to go on trails with some of my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And then I get to go on a bike ride out to Zion. And, and like, or, like, I'm excited for my trainer ride sometimes inside because it's different. I get to watch a movie, a scary movie. I like the variety. I feed off of that variety. And I feel if other people would give that a try, they might fall in love with that too and see I'm not so crazy after all. Like it, it works. Like it's fun that way to change it up and switch things up so that you don't, it's just not the same every single day. Um, mm -hmm. But I wish more people were welcoming and don't get me wrong. There has been some amazing people in the ultra world that have, have become great friends. Um, and that I've known for years because I've, I have been on the trails for so many years, just not racing them. Um, but yeah, when when I first started racing, it was definitely who is this girl with pink hair and she's happy, she's loud, she's you can't be she she's not for us. And well, that's me. That's me. And I'm not for everybody. I'm definitely not everybody's cup of tea. And that's okay. I have made my peace with that. No, but it's absurd. It's absurd because and I hope that people listening to this episode realize that that is a you were not present the full picture of Ashley Paulson was not was not presented when the stories went out about bad water. You were not a professional triathlete who's never ran an ultra in her life. I said like, man, let's just give this a whirl. I've never ran before, but I've run 26.2 in a, in a triathlon. And that's about as far as I've gone. Let's just give this a whirl. No, you set two course records. You ran three 100 mile ultra trail, ultra marathons. You won all three of them. You set two course records in that. Um, Anyone else that's loud with pink hair is welcomed in the community with open arms. It's like it's like loud with pink hair. There's Tenny in the back. Go ahead, you know, go go make a a, a <laughs> friend. Right, that's what I wanted. <laughs> so I think that that's a lot of what it is, and I and I hope people that listen to this podcast realize that you are very much a part of this community, and that you, you earned your way into that race, and that you've proven what you did this year. Shut everybody up. <laughs> um, there is no better massive middle finger to the haters um, than what you did at Badwater this year. There is no question. Um, looking at some of your splits, six-minute miles in a 135-mile race, I mean, it was a dominant performance. Ashley, when you got to that starting line, and you, you you knew the task ahead of you because you did it the year before. Was there a part of you that balled up all of that? Oh, she had her sister run part of it for her. No, she was sleeping in the car and she didn't deserve this. Was that was that fuel for this year? Were you going out to prove something? You know, when I, I went back and forth, Ryan, quite a bit if I was going to do this race again for obvious reasons. Um because I mean, I didn't know that I, I was like, I don't want to be a part of that again. My husband, I mean, he spent months. It wasn't, it didn't just die after a few days. It was months of this investigator or like a good six weeks of the investigator. And then other people just, I had no idea. He was so just trying to like, not save his wife's name, but just like be there and be defend and, and try to help people understand. It was a lot of time. And it was hard. It was hard for for me at some points. Um, I got to a point that I was like, you got to let it go. Be human enough to feel that you will not treat other people like this. 
um, for no, just like in judge and, and um, just assume certain things. So be human enough to feel that you will never treat somebody like this, but be also numb enough to let it go and do what you love because of what you love. Um, because this is what I thrive on. So as I was going back and forth, like I did not want that to be my reason for coming back was I needed to prove anything. I was to a point that I, I didn't need to prove anything. I know what I did last year. My coach knew what I did last year. The race director knew what I did last year. My people knew what I did last year. The people that still were denying and doubting, like I said, they could follow me along in their car the whole way and they still wouldn't believe it, you know? (laughs) And so I was over that to a point. Obviously, there's just that little bit that's like, okay, what if I mess up? What if I have a bad race? Which can happen. And then it's going to be like, oh, see, told you so. She really did. I was I was scared of the I told you so. Mm-hmm. I'll be real with that. Like, because anything can happen in that long of a race. Uh, that's going to cost you five hours, seven hours, you know. And here I am at a 35-hour race. And people are like, see, well, we knew it. I was scared of that. But I didn't want to prove anything by when I went out there. As I was training, I was training for a sub 24 hour race. Um, and it wasn't, it was to win for sure, because I wanted to beat my course record. Um, but it wasn't to be like, I told you so to that point. Did it feel good to be like, oh, phew, I had a great race. Now I don't have to hear as much. I still know there's stuff out there. I saw some stuff today. There's still some stuff out there. Um, but I, I was grateful I wasn't going to have to go through that again um, because last year it was it was quite miserable for my husband for a lot of, of, lot of weeks, and that's not fair on him because um, if they accuse in Badwater, they accuse me of cheating. They're accusing my whole team of cheating. It's not just me out there. You know, it's my sister's cheating. That means my two friends are cheating and my husband's cheating. And that's not okay with me. Um, so th- that was a big part of it this year was not going in with that type of mindset. So when I made up my mind, the, the last day of registration, I'm like, you have to just promise yourself it's going to be not to prove anybody. You know, and I like I had to write things down. You know what you did. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And so that's why I decided to do it again. And so it felt good to actually beat the time that, I was expecting I'd get uh, or hoping I'd get um, as my stretch goal. My stretch goal was 23 hours. It's like, if everything falls into place, I'll get 23 hours and that would be amazing. But things just kept getting better and better. And I felt awful at times, but I still felt like I can keep going with that same effort. Um, And so I had to roll with it. I had to just run with my heart. And I won't lie, Ryan, they had so many cameras on me that whole time. I I really feel like that's part of what helps like pep me up a little bit more. I'm an iFit trainer. I have cameras on me and I have to put a smile on my face. No matter how tired I am, I have to look at the camera and say be like, oh my gosh, doesn't this feel great? Let's go. So that actually helped during my lowest times as I'm like, the camera's on you, Ash. Camera's on you. Like you got, you know, you know, so um it was amazing for me to have the officials, like they were they were hired to be there to follow me the whole time to take, take care of pictures and make sure just, you know, and then the cameras, the last eight hours of the live, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I really feel like that helped with my time this year. Crossing that finish line, looking at your watch, 
Wahoo promised you 24 hours. You didn't need it. You got 21 hours, 44 minutes, and 35 seconds. You had 5% battery left on that bad boy. Uh, how did that feel crossing the finish line to this, this year? Oh, it was unreal. I was super emotional. Like, I was getting really emotional, which, I mean, you know, that's – you get so beat up um, that – you know, the emotions start to play, but, uh, I remember about 110 miles into it when I, I took the lead. Um, and you know, I see my husband and he's just like, you know, he's my biggest cheerleader. And he's like, you have the world cheering for you right now. They're watching you. And, and he's told me a few things that people were saying. And I just like almost start crying. I'm like, you can't tell me right now. And he's like, you can't tell me. And so once I finally crossed, I was just able to like, let it out and just cry and be so grateful for people having my back for my husband for my body that was able to carry me for that long of a period and at that pace and with those climbs and those temperatures and just gratitude i was overwhelmed with gratitude when i crossed and uh, just so so excited to be able to smash my time that i my goal time yeah it was seriously words can't even describe um it was like a dream. Well, it has to be said that this, you ran the second fastest time ever of any human being on that course. Man or woman, you run the second fastest time a human being has ever run that course. Um, which leads me into this. What you did this year at Badwater, what Courtney DeWalter did this year at Western States, what Camille Heron uh, did earlier this year, Three incredible performances that no one expected, that were huge statements. And I have to wonder, Ashley, are we seeing the dawn now of the of the of the of the well the ultra running world of women it's been a guy's sport for so long now women have always been welcome but the competition but the numbers have never been equal until they until now they're starting to equal out and so you know 20 years ago it was 75 percent men 85 percent men and it was a man's sport and as more and more women are finding the sport, as more and more women are finding inspiration from the Courtney DeWalters and the Ashley Paulsons and the and the Camille Herons of the world, are are we just witnessing the beginning of what women will do in this sport? And are we inching towards a world because we've seen the studies? We know that the the that the the female body can handle the stress of an ultra marathon better than the male body can. It's mechanics. It's science. I'm not pulling this out of my on my rear end. I don't know. No, I, I've been reading those same things. Are we ten year? Are we ten or fifteen years away from course records at a lot of ultra marathons? The women's course record being faster than the men's. Oh, I hundred percent think we are. I feel like just seeing these other women and seeing it done is it's planting seeds just like when that first for so long ago people said a four minute mile can't be broken it's once it's done and people see it they start believe it now these younger like these 20 girls in their 20s 30s are seeing this and they're like oh well if ashley can do 21 something you know I can train for that too. They get it in their head now, and then they start training for it now. Once it's in your brain and it's in your your mind, and the more they start seeing it, 
the more they're going to start trying it, the more they're going to start believing that they can do it. And once you believe it, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And so I, 10 years from now, I think, you know, there's there's going to be more women out there than men in some of these sports. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Are you a once in a, are you and, and Courtney and Camille a once in a lifetime talent or are you founders? Are you the 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 people leading the charge and saying, come on, this way, this is what this is the sport you need to be a part of? No, I want to educate. I want people to learn that they can do it, too. I want people to because I I know what it's done for me in my life. I know it can help change other people's lives and, you know, getting out there and showing them, teaching them the things that I did wrong and them learning that earlier. And so they can build their fitness faster and better and better. Yeah. I want to be out there as a leader, not just a one time thing for anybody. I think my record will be shattered and I can't wait for that day. I'm going to, hopefully I'm one of the first to know and I'll give that girl a call and be like, congratulations, you did it. And I want to see that broken. I want to see people, these women progressing and winning first overall in some of these races um, because it is so rare, but it's, it's just the beginning of it. Do you want to go back? Now that you are so close, you are within sniffing distance of the overall course record. I didn't know how close I was. Not not that I would have, I was, I mean, I was done. That pace was my pace. But um, I had no idea. Um, I definitely, it was like, ooh, gosh, what's a few more minutes? But a few more minutes is a lot. I will definitely go back to Badwater. Um, Not next year, though. You take a break? I don't know when. And not a break from racing, but there's just other things in the works right now that I need to tap my toe into and and, uh, see what my body's capable of. And I want to experience it all. I want to I want to know what 200 feels like. I want to know what 250 feels like. I want to I still want to do triathlon. And um, yeah, I just don't want to stop. So yeah, next year will be a different year for sure. What's next? What's your big? Give me one. You got to give me at least one big Ashley Paulson goal for, you know, next year. Oh man. That's like, I, I would really love to go out and attack a 250. So, and that will probably be Cocodona. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to sign up for Cocodona. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is just kind of like, I haven't done it yet. So these are just things I've been writing down, like just different. So could I do both Badwater and Cocodona? Sure. But like, I think, um, Next year, my husband really wants to be in Alaska this time of year, so he's, <laughs> I get it. I need mean, he he gives and gives and gives. So July is his month next month next year. Fair enough. I, I think that's fair. I think I'd be back. Um, yeah, I think he deserves that. I will put into your head because you may not know, being from Utah, there's a series of races here in the eastern United States where I am, and, and they 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 mainly work through southern states. A lot of them go through Tennessee. Um, there is something called the Vol State 500K, which is a 314 mile race across the t- state of Tennessee in the month of July. There's also a race called HOTS, which stands for the Heart of the South, which this year was 147 miles um, from Fig, North Carolina to uh, The Rock. I forget the name of the city, but it's, 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 in, it's in the Tennessee, Georgia border there. Um, that was 347 miles. Um, there's another race happening called the, seven, the Second Circle of Hell, which is 370 miles with like some ungodly uh, amount of elevation gain. 
There's these weird little unsupported road races that happen. So they don't get the attention that the Coca Donas of the world get, but winning a winning a 500k that's a nice sticker to put on your minivan <laughs> that would be awesome that's a that'd be a fun distance i would love to, i want to do it all i just want to do it all any so we'll see. any thought about like trying to get into western states i mean western states is kind of the super bowl of mountain running yeah you know i mean uh so we've, we're transparent on here i i don't know if this is still true but i know for a while um this is what I was told. I hadn't even looked into Western states, but they wouldn't have allowed me in because of my um, suspension. Oh, I'll need to make some. I'll make some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious because I, I don't know if that still stands, but I know that did stand a few years back. But now that like Ironman is taking over UTMB and all that stuff, and they allowed me back in sport, I don't know. I haven't looked into it since. A couple of years ago okay. when somebody brought it up to me and I was like, I don't care. I'm not doing Western States anyway, but that's just kind of stuck with me yeah. and I haven't looked at it ever since. So, right. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch it. Coca Dona. I hope that happens. Ashley, this has been a really fun conversation. Thank you for, for taking some time and chatting with me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And congrats, by the way, that bad water was phenomenal. Thank you. And Thank congrats. you. Thank you. It did happen, right? Like <laughs> it's real. <laughs> oh, it's <that's> great. <laughs>